record early and now it's already nine o'clock. I'm sorry. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Friday. It is the fourth day of August. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me on this it's rainy by me. I don't know how it is anywhere by you, like thunderstorms and terrible rainy. Friday morning is my co-host, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how's the weather by you? It's good. It's sunny. It's not too hot or humid. Uh, this morning I saw a couple butterflies and a bird pooped on my deck. But otherwise, other than that, like the weather right now is not bad. I do imagine it's going to get humid later because it's kind of warm now. It's only, it's before 9 a.m. Eastern. Do birds frequently poop on your deck? Yes, they do. There's a large tree relatively close to my house where they hang out, and then they, whenever they traverse, they must often pass by our house. So I can only imagine what my roof looks like, but my deck is hit often, hard, and grotesquely. Interesting. Well, as I mentioned, it is August already, and yes, we still have humidity, and we have rain, and we have birds pooping on decks. We also have another thing that has surfaced this week out of nowhere. Joe, football is back. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden my TV, my radio, my entire life is being flooded with the NFL. And yesterday, Tom Brady turned 40 years old. Joe, can you think of anyone else in the history of sports who is as good in his sport as old as Tom Brady is right now? Uh, Hulk Hogan. No, Hulk Hogan stunk. I mean, he was still popular. Wrestling doesn't count. Not to say wrestling isn't a sport, but... Some some NASCAR driver. I'm sure. Good. Thank you. Good good answer, I guess. I mean, that, that's probably as close as it gets, so that means the answer is really no. Nobody's ever NASCAR, been as good is, as Are you going to start a fight with NASCAR people saying NASCAR is not a sport either? No, NASCAR is definitely a sport. I just don't know that, you know, it's the type of thing that you really age out of the way you age out of basketball, football, or baseball. I, I don't know. I don't know. What about hockey? I, I guarantee there's at least one 40-year-old hockey dude that, that's played well. Well, didn't Gordie Howe play until he was like 50-something? Yeah, but like some of the last... Parts of his career wasn't he playing like triple A, double A hockey leagues? I don't know. We're talking about hockey, Joe. So I don't know what anything. just happened. How did we get on slapstick? I don't know, but it but it happened anyway. Football's back. I have one other question, other than than is Tom Brady the best old athlete ever? <laughs> what is the best football music, Joe? Is it is it Monday Night Football? Is it Fox Sports? Is it Sunday Night Football on NBC? Are What's we talking your favorite? Theme, are we talking theme music now? Yeah. What else? Well, the Madden one's gotten annoying to me. He's like one. Three of the Madden one. The Fox one. Um, Madden's music is also annoying. But um, Fox, because Fox uses it now for everything. It uses it for college basketball. It uses it for the UFC. I hear it too often. Um, CBS also has music. Got to shout out CBS's music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I have one. Um, I don't think I've ever watched, like, the... the I'm sure I have, but not that I can remember the actual start to the end of it. Like, it's not like I need to need to see the pregame and then the opening. So I don't even know if I have an answer. Do you? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I like a lot of them. I guess it's not really interesting. I need to stop saying things are interesting when they're not. With that said, I like a lot of the songs. I like the Sunday Night Football one, I think, the best. But I think NBC's been using that for other sports as well. I think everybody's doing the Fox thing, and they're just using their music for all of their sports. It's just like... Create new music for all your sports. What are you doing? Yeah, right. Like when I listen, when I'm going to watch like UFC, I'll never forget the first time UFC was on Fox, like main Fox, and I can't remember the card, but it was like a big deal. It was a couple of years ago, and I was all excited. And then I heard like the NFL theme song. I'm like, what is this nonsense? 
Because it's right. so connected to their NFL brand. I'm like, you couldn't make, like, new, like, whatever, like, new metal rock you couldn't put in there for, like, some UFC. Or, and then, like, for college basketball, it just doesn't fit at all. Not everybody is about that life of creating new music for every opportunity they can. Shout out to Joseph Nardone, the music creator. That handsome yeah. mother trucker. <laughs> well, Joe, with football being back, it means football lifestyle is back, which means player injuries are back already. You know, I, I kind of want to jump all over the place with some of this NFL stuff that we wanted to talk about because our week essentially starts off with Jamal Adams, who is the Jets' first pick this year, the safety saying he wants to die on a football field, sitting next to Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, who follows that up by saying, no, 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 NFL players are healthier and they live longer, healthier lives than normal people. There's nothing wrong with playing football. Football's fine. And now it's it's Friday morning and we're looking at an NFL that has two starting quarterbacks that are already injured. We had Will, Will Fuller break his collarbone. Mm. Sterling Shepard had to be carted off the field. I mean, football's back and injuries are back. I don't really know where to start with this, Joe, but what were your thoughts on, on the Jamal Adams take the other day? Well, he's late, like, to be fair to him, he tried to later clarify just saying he loves football and, you know, like, if he were to die, right? he, he doesn't prefer to die on the football field, but, uh, and I don't think he was actually speaking directly like the CTEs as some try to really make it. Like, even though that's the way the question was posed, I don't think that's the way he took it, to be fair to him. Um, and it's really hard to give the benefit of the doubt to anybody on the New York Jets roster. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, hey, buddy, it's football season. I'm going to start taking the whoa. shots because, because I feel bad for you, man. Like, not to go on a way off tangent, but your favorite teams are the Knicks and the Jets. I mean, I mean, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't need the jabs. I don't need the jabs. I, I already know. I'm, I don't have high expectations for the feasibly Josh McCown-led Jets this season. I mean, this Jamal Adams way was a great way to kick off the Jets year because great, our first-round pick is already talking about dying on the field. But, um, no, I mean, I was I was kind of taken aback because, like, like you said, the context here matters. It's not like that was his response to the CTE question. It was really more of a, I love playing football and, you know, I don't care as much about the stuff that happens to me on the football field because I'm so in love with playing the sport. And, I don't know, maybe five, ten years ago you would have heard that and you would have said, Jamal Adams is going to be a Hall of Famer. This guy's the best. I wish I had 53 Jamal Adams on my roster. And now it's kind of just like, yeah, football's scary and there's been a lot of research that's come out. You good over there? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help when like work bothers me during during these things. You can't silence whatever that noise was? I am silencing the best I can now. I was at jury duty yesterday, and some lady's phone is going off. And literally, the only thing they said is, put your phones on silent. And this lady's got, like, her clicking noises are on her phone, so whenever she sends a text, it makes a noise. It goes, boop! Right, just just don't make noise. Can't you just not make noise for a half hour, Joe? Well, Jeez. Well, it's not my fault. Like, listen, I have my volume. We're going to normal, random rant in the middle of the podcast. I have the volume on my computer. That came from my computer. I can't help that, really. Um, yeah. Well, if you can, if somebody can tell me how to turn out the Slack sound messages, I'll be more than happy to do it. Uh, and Joseph Nardone, J O S E P H N A R D O N E, let him know how to turn off his Slack noise because I'm sure it's doable. Um, well, I bet you it is doable. Um, I bet you if I just creep up there in settings. Um, circling Jamal back, Adams, to, uh, Jamal Adams. Adams. My dad's a Jets fan, by the way. I think I told you that before. Um, yeah, listen, I think the funnier, not the funnier, it's not funny at all because we're talking about serious injuries and uh, long-term health, is that uh, Goodell sat next to him and said, 
uh, NFL player. He did, he didn't actually cite any specific data. Just said NFL players live five years longer than the average person. Um, that removes a lot of the nuance and context from that conversation. Because then, like, how about do they live? How long do they live in comparison to the people in the same wealth bracket? Because they get different kind of treatment as opposed to like you know like people that are in the lower class um, financial bracket. That's what's important when you have data. So his data was kind of meaningless. Um, as far as how it, oh man, football is a really violent sport. I think I've said this on the podcast before. I know I've written about it before that like in like a hundred years or so, people are going to look back at us and be like, what was wrong with us? This is like our, it's not life or death, literally, although it does play to the death part at times. Um, this is like our Roman Coliseum gladiator type of sport. Um, as is kind of hockey, really, when you think about it. So I don't think like we're going to be looked favorably upon rooting for all this stuff and like trying to justify saying like it's okay that Jamal Adams is cool with like tearing up his legs and dying on a football field because that's not something we should like even like it shouldn't even be a discussion we should just be like hey dude it's not like you shouldn't die for our entertainment right and it's interesting that you brought that up Dan Lebitard last week was talking about how at some point he expects football to be a not a choice for people. He expects football to kind of be a way out for people and that you're not going to see people who have these other options go and play football. And, you know, that was kind of led by last week. I, I'm not going to be able to say his name, the the Ravens offensive lineman who retired at the age of 26 because, you know, he's rocket scientist smart and he's going to pursue his other options because he doesn't want to sit there and bash his brains in for the next 10 years to make a living. And like you mentioned, you know, it does have this gladiator feel where we're just watching guys kind of lead themselves to a slower death. And the, the all the research and all the, the findings that have come out over the last few years about brain damage from football and people dying earlier. And I mean, you know what, maybe maybe it is sensationalized to extents. I don't think it is. I think that that's kind of what Roger Goodell is trying to say that, you know, no, we're only hearing about the worst things and the, the worst cases of former football players and that this isn't true for everybody, which, again, I just think is Roger Goodell trying to cover himself and trying to keep football, you know, a little easier to digest for the public. It's still just a very violent sport. And I'm with you at some point, less people are going to want to play the sport, less people are going to want to watch the sport. And I think we're already starting to see the beginning of that drop off just from the findings that have come out recently about how dangerous it is to, to participants. No, I'm 100% with you. It's just, it's, it is a little disheartening that, like, you know, a guy, like, the state, the ovation he received for saying that, as if, I don't want to bash, I don't want to, I, I know what he was trying to say, it's just, I don't know if we should be celebrating that kind of stuff. It's just weird. Like, yep. we would never celebrate, and I don't want to do the whole other lack of life thing, but, like, we wouldn't even, like, I don't think we'd even clap if somebody in the military is like, I am, I love this, I'm willing to die for this. Like, we'd all appreciate it, you know, willing to die for the country, but we wouldn't cheer him on to go die. Right, and as morbid as we are in this show, you know, passion really translates over, and it's always easy to root for passion, but not when it's self-harmed passion, not when it's, I'll put my life on the line, especially not in something as sensitive as football's gotten, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in that. It was kind of a weird thing, and we didn't know how to react to it. And while you'd like to see a We're young man update, portray that kind of passion, you know, it's time and a place for everything, and this doesn't really feel like the right time and place. But let's pivot. Let, let's stay on this topic of wanting to play football because, as we mentioned before, we have two starting quarterbacks that are injured, and they might be a little more serious injuries. I don't think either will be season-ending, but 
Baltimore Ravens lose Joe Flacco and the Miami Dolphins lose Ryan Tannehill. Colin Kaepernick has been linked in some way to both teams. I guess we should start with the Ravens, who had interest in Kaepernick. Coach John Harbaugh was interested. GM Ozzie Newsom was interested. And the owner of the team, Steve Biscotti, came out and said, I don't want that distraction. Steve Biscotti, of course, who, you know, kept Ray Lewis involved in the mix for so long. Ray Lewis has also been vocal about Colin Kaepernick, which I don't have any interest in hearing or talking about. And then we had the Ray Rice disaster a couple of years ago where he hits his fiance in an elevator and the team is trying to cover up for Ray Rice for a little bit. And the NFL had a just big publicity disaster with that. They handled it as wrong as they could have. And now you're seeing backlash on that forwarded to Colin Kaepernick. Joe, are the Ravens the worst? Um, well, it's weird, right? So the there's the report that, you know, the Ozzie Newsome and, and Harbaugh would, would prefer to bring him in and then that. Um, Steve Piscotti. I don't, am I pronouncing his last name right? Is it Piscotti? I believe so. Piscotti out through your body. Um, is scared and he did the whole pray for us thing and that was pretty hilarious, especially coming from the guy that sat next to Ray Rice and really didn't care that there was tape of him whooping on his wife going into an elevator. Um, however, he is, this is something Dan, I don't want to steal his point, but this is something Dan Levitard pointed out is that He's the first person to give a voice for the reason a lot of people understood or figured why Kaepernick wasn't getting the job, and it wasn't for football reason. It was out of fear of backlash. And for it's weird because Baltimore is in a city where you think they'd welcome him. I understand the. I don't understand because you don't. You shouldn't have to just placate to them. But I guess Harbaugh's worried about how the Baltimore Police Department will feel about it. It's. It's no longer it's, it's no longer a meritocracy here. Like they're they're admitting it's not a meritocracy. It's not who's the best player available. It's and it's weird because this is where the line is, right? It's not the line's not on domestic abusers or people getting arrested for doing horrible things. The line's on a peaceful protest. That's where it's like, hey, it's no longer a meritocracy here because peaceful protest. And it, he didn't do anything wrong, really. It's just weird. People want him to atone for taking a stand and having opinions on certain social issues. I, Biscotti looks like a dope. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You figured he'd be the guy, considering what he did with Ray Rice, that wouldn't really worry about the backlash or the presumed backlash. And now people are saying this is a distraction. Well, it's not Kaepernick that created the distraction. It was Biscotti. He didn't have to speak on it. Um, so now he looks like the face of cowardice when he's really been the one that's closest to bringing Kaepernick in, it seems like. Right. Yeah, it's interesting how this backfired because, you know, about a week ago, it did look like Kaepernick had a chance landing with the Ravens. We did know that John Harbaugh had interest. And sure, there have been a couple teams that have kind of spoken up and shown interest in Kaepernick, who, again, did a decent job as a starting quarterback on an absolutely terrible team last year, even in the face of all the stuff he was going through. And is probably better suited to be a quarterback in this league than, I don't know, at least half of the players that are on rosters playing quarterback. But it's just... It's the distraction aspect that keeps getting brought up here. And yeah, you're right. Biscotti said it where other people didn't want to say it. And we knew, obviously, it's the reason that he wasn't getting signed was the distraction part. And as much as any Monday morning quarterback writer wants to come out and say, well, he just can't run schemes as a backup. I mean, that's garbage. It's not about what the guy does on the field. It's about what happened off the field. And, you know, we don't need to go into this thing for the 900th time of it's ridiculous that the NFL won't take a stand against domestic violence and and other terrible things that happen off the field, you know, gun charges, drug charges. But if a guy speaks his mind and peacefully protests, then you got to get rid of him. Obviously, it's, it's not about that as much as it's about the fans and how they react to it, because 
the fans are the ones that get upset with Colin Kaepernick and don't get upset with a Ray Rice. They they don't care. They just want you to do what you do on the field until you start offending their their flag or whatever it is that they stand for when they want something to be upset about. I mean, I don't want to do this whole Kaepernick thing again. It just is a bad look for the Ravens. They didn't need to do this, and they did it to themselves. It's a self-inflicted wound, it feels like. No, yeah, 100%. And I think the whole thing here is to not... It's weird how... The conversation should shift now because now we know it's no longer about Kaepernick's ability that it's about all the other stuff most people said it was about. And uh, which leads us, I think, to our next topic, is which is uh, how many people have to get hurt before he gets a job. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, again, Ryan Tannehill goes down yesterday and it seems like it might be a relatively serious injury. And immediately it came out that the Dolphins might have interest in Kaepernick. He's going to get a job, right? Um. He should, like, whether or not he's going to or not. Um, here's the deal, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to take probably dudes getting hurt for him to get a job because he's probably, I'm, I'm like, I would cite him, I wouldn't care about the backlash, but to these owners, he's probably not worth the headache of paying him money for a backup quarterback and all the attention it brings. But if you're, like, a good team or a team that wants to compete and your starting quarterback goes down, then he's probably worth the headache. So he's probably not worth the headache as a backup, but he's probably worth the headache as a starter. So, like, if Tannehill, like, and I know there's guys supposedly in the pecking order hire, like Adam Gase in Miami has a relationship with Jay Cutler. Would Jay Cutler go there? Would Tony Romo go somewhere? So apparently there's two other guys ahead of him, supposedly, even though you could argue Kaepernick and Cutler are as good as each other as quarterbacks. Well, I mean, Kaepernick, Kaepernick was a lot better last year, and if you want to go back and look at the last time... Well, Col- color has, has that relationship with Adam Gase. Right. So that makes right. sense there. But I'm just saying, like, in general, um, even if you want to say there's two starting caliberish quarterbacks ahead of him, even if you want to say that, and we don't even know if Cutler or Rome will actually want to play, it's, it's probably going to take two or three starting quarterbacks to be down for a prolonged period of time. Which is unfortunate, but it, I mean, it's training camps already happened, preseason games are now happening, and he still doesn't have a job. Right, and yeah, the rate at which these guys are going down, I mean, the Tannehill injury was, was non-contact, and it looks like he might actually need season-ending knee surgery, so I mean, that, that's one, and, and we'll see what happens with the Ravens. It's just, I, I wonder what kind of a team it's going to take to sign him. I wonder if it'll be a good team, a team that, you know, had aspirations and all of a sudden doesn't have a quarterback, and doesn't want to turn the team over to a Matt Moore or to somebody who's, you know, not even as good as Matt Moore that's playing backup. Not a lot of good backup quarterbacks in this league. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Joe, if you had to set a bet, is Colin Kaepernick on an NFL roster within the next couple weeks? Um, before the start of the season? Yes. I guess it depends on how many guys get hurt. I'm going to say optimism, yes. I'm going to say no. Ooh. All right, Joe, at the same time, we want to real quickly do some two early NFL hot takes. You got any that you want to kick us off with? Um, hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. Uh, it is going to be... Mm, this is a tough one. The Jets will win five games. No, they won't. That's ridiculous. What, two more than they're expected to win. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll take the under on that. I'm glad that that's where you're starting hot take-wise. Uh Got any good teams that you're not expecting to be good? Uh, good teams that I think won't be good? Yes. How are the Patriots going to do this year, Joe? Are they going to win another Super Bowl or at least get to a Super Bowl? Probably. Um, I'm never going to bet against Tom Brady. He's the LeBron James of football. 
Um, until it doesn't happen, I'm going to keep banking on him. Makes sense. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who, well, who else? It, it, I don't know. Like, maybe the I think the Raiders fall back a little bit. The Raiders, interesting. Yeah, the whole Marshawn Lynch thing, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Usually if a guy sits out a couple of years and comes back, especially at this age and at his position, they're not great. I mean, I think the Raiders are in a good spot where they have so many high-powered offensive players that, like, you just needed a consistent running back, and, and maybe Marshawn Lynch could do that. And if he can't, I mean, they, they still have, uh, what, who is it? They, they have DeAndre Washington, and they have, uh, who's the other guy who caught a lot of balls out of the backfield for them last year? Jalen Richard. <laughs> Jalen Richard, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to talk about football. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Raiders will take a step back. I'm hearing a lot of good things about the Chargers, actually, in that division. What do you think about your Broncos? Is this going to be your boy Paxton Lynch's here? Uh, I hope so. Apparently, yesterday, Trevor Simeon got most of the first two snaps. So, I don't know about that. It's The, the Broncos thing's weird to me, man, because their defense is still going to be awesome. Yeah, they, they have really good skill sets at the wide receiver positions, and they have a, a decent offensive line. And then, like, as it is with, I think, a lot of teams, it's their quarterback situation that's going to either prevent them from being good to comp- or competent to good as opposed to, like, just being horrible. Because, listen, last year, the Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch thing, like, Lynch was a rookie, so he kind of has, like, that built-in excuse. Not like Simeon had a ton of experience underneath him either. But that defense is ready to win now, and I just don't know because of the quarterback position if they're actually going to be good. Especially because even though I said the Raiders could fall off a little bit, the Raiders and the Chiefs are supposed to be good, um, and the Chargers are the Chargers, so we'll see there. So like they could easily finish third in, in that division, despite maybe having the most overall talent on the roster because of the quarterback spot. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's a little bit of what we saw last year. It will be interesting to see how Jamal Charles gets incorporated there and if he can stay healthy. Uh, I don't have high expectations out of the Broncos in that division this year, but I, I do think that it's going to be, you know, top to bottom pretty even, or at least it looks at going into the season. And you're right, that, that quarterback position will just will just settle things. I'm interested in seeing what happens with the Chiefs in their quarterback position, too. They drafted your boy Patrick Mahomes, so I'm interested in seeing what he could do. Uh, looking around the league, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's funny how much uh, injuries kind of affect everything. We're looking at teams and not not sure about some of the quarterback positions, some of the young quarterbacks, if they're going to play. I, I'm not going to talk about the Browns at all, but, I mean, if Deshaun Kaiser gets on the field, what does that mean for the Browns? They, they're not going to be good, but their their division is a little up in the air, I guess. I'm not expecting them to be good. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a good hot take. I wish I did. I feel like the hot take is always somebody other than the Patriots is going to emerge from their division. It's not going to be the Jets. I'm not expecting it to be the Bills. And after the Tannehill injury, I mean, for the 19th year in a row, we can do this whole, you know, Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. We don't, we don't have to do that this year. Uh, I don't know, man. I know a lot of people expect the Cowboys to take a step back. I do think that the NFC East is going to be probably the most interesting division in football this year. I think that's your East Coast bias playing out. And I think wow. say that, I think, well, I also think people say that every year. He's right, because, like, you have Eli over there in New York. You have the Cowboys being Cowboys. Well, the, the Giants the Giants go out and they get Brandon Marshall and they draft Evan Engram, so you expect their offense to be a lot better than it was last year. The Eagles pick up Alshon, and Carson Wentz is another year older. They're expected to be a little bit better. The, the Redskins got Terrell Pryor. I mean, they, they lost Deshaun Jackson, and they lost uh, Pierre Garçon, but, I mean, they, they have a lot of good young receivers and a lot of good weapons on offense. I, I do think it's, it's not necessarily a bias, but... 
it'll be interesting to see what they do, especially after the Cowboys had as good of a season as they had last year. Yeah, totally. Um, listen, football's not my wheelhouse. I really need a football season to happen before I have really good hot takes. Eli Manning's overrated. All right, there it is. That's a good take. We'll we'll keep sprouting out these hot takes over the next couple weeks, and I'm sure by Monday we'll have some interesting injuries to talk about too. But before that, Joe, let's do some conspiracy theories. Seal, you lovely human being. Hit the music. The Mandela Effect. Flat Earth truthers. Are we alone in the universe? The Relatively Speaking Podcast presents... Jared Vincent Joseph Nerdon. Conspiracy Theories. It's only a conspiracy until it becomes All right, Joe, reality. Take this one away. Oh, yeah, sure. So it's about Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who uh, recently said that Kobe's better than LeBron because of rings. He's basically social media in a nutshell. Um, my conspiracy theory is that he's. Maybe he believes it because Kobe reminds him more of him than that, but that he's doing this, helping this conversation be pushed to the forefront because he doesn't want the LeBron, Michael Jared, Jordan comparison. Michael Jared? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Michael Jordan comparisons to happen. So to do that, he stinks LeBron to like the, like one of like a guy that's probably outside the top five best players ever, as opposed to like against him. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's a great point. And when you said that to me before we started recording, I was kind of blown away by it. I mean, I was looking at this more of a, who cares what Michael Jordan says? You get Michael Jordan coming out and saying Kobe's the best, he's better than LeBron, and then Twitter takes it and says, he's the best ever, so what he says matters more than what everybody else says. I mean, the guy's been like a team owner for a while, and he hasn't ever put together a good team. His number one draft pick was Kwame Brown. I mean, we don't need to do this thing where we pretend Michael Jordan is this superior talent evaluator just because he's the greatest player ever. And that kind of got me thinking about this whole conversation we have about players knowing best and nerdy media members not knowing anything because they never got on the field and did it. And look, I mean, I, I understand both takes, and obviously I'm the nerdy media member, media member that never got on the field and did it. So if you want to tell me my opinion is invalid, that's fine. It's just kind of one of those things like, do we tell, do we tell American historians or any historians that because they didn't live it, they don't know anything about it? I mean, we're talking about people who are studying a craft and who are getting familiar and observing all sides of something so they could form a great opinion versus somebody who went through something and might have a bias about it. But just because they went through it, they immediately know better than anybody else about this. And I mean, time after time, we see players who try to become coaches, try to become analysts, try to become GMs and front office members who just completely fail. And sure, it's just it's different. There are different positions. And I don't know why we automatically assume just because you have some experience in this field, you have to be better than anybody else at it. Correct. I'm 100% with you. I do like your new like your new turn as a commentator is that you hate player opinions. I, I don't want to say I hate them. I mean, they're valid, and I think a lot of guys are great at it. Like, there's a lot of people who are really bringing great stuff to the table, but when you have Reggie Miller, you know, just screaming about shooters all night and offering these terrible opinions, you're not going to convince me that just because he played basketball, he knows more than, like, Zach Lowe or, or somebody else who's covering the league and who's spending... 50 hours a week watching tape and focusing on specific things or that Charles Barkley of all people who just gets in front of a camera and spews garbage for, for ratings and for attention and to make Shaq laugh that this guy has to be the authority on a subject that he might not be as familiar with as somebody else just because of what he did in a previous life. 
I, I mean, look, I, I really do value the, the opinion of the athlete, and I value the entertainment value of the athlete, too, and being an, an analyst, but I just, I don't know that they necessarily put in the work, once they get off the field, that they should know who does what better than, than somebody else, if, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. That just because you, you, you reach the highest level of a profession doesn't mean you know all the ins and outs about it. You can offer a perspective, but it doesn't mean you're right just because you played it. Right. I mean, and for years we've been seeing this too. I mean, Sha- Shaq comes on TV and invalidates the, the best centers in the NBA because they're not as good as he was. And what value does that really bring, really? I mean, you're watching a current league to, to follow what's happening now, and instead you have these staunchy old guys saying, well, it's not as good as it used to be, so it's just not that good. And what is the fan supposed to do with that? Turn the TV off and not watch basketball anymore? I mean, Kobe Bryant's retired. He's been out of the league for a year now, and we're still talking about him versus LeBron, while LeBron is still dragging his team to finals year after year and looking like the best player in the NBA for, I don't know, the last eight years or so. And we're still doing this thing to knock him down just because there's somebody else who's always been compared to, to, to Michael Jordan. Look, Michael Jordan could be the greatest of all time. It doesn't mean the guy who was the closest to him and trying to emulate his style of play is the next best. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I do think it's just, as far as content, which is, you know, a yucky word, is concerned, it does make for content in the beginning of August, when Michael Jordan dismisses LeBron to the point where it's not Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, it's LeBron James versus Kobe Bryant. It's trollish. Do you know what I mean? It sure is, Joe. All right, I think that's a good time to end that and move on to our AMAs. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsors. Did I butcher that? Do we not have a second sponsor? That's our one sponsor, Jared. Hopefully it's there. It gets really awkward because depending on what platform you listen to this listener, um, the ad only plays on certain ways you listen. So, like, it's not, the ads aren't always on every kind of way you can listen. So, it's weird. So, like, on one platform, the ads play, and another platform, it doesn't. So, like, some people probably the last few weeks thought we were nuts. We were like, and a word from our sponsors, and then it's just dead air for five seconds. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad everybody gets the total experience. Joe, let's do these AMAs and wrap the show up. All right. This one is from Michael Castillo, friend of the show, ran the Troy, ran the Troy, ran the Troy podcast. Do you prefer your bed sheets tucked or untucked? So, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, I'd imagine, obviously, you tuck one sheet, you know, your under sheet. And I'm, we're actually, we're a sheet house. We don't even use a, a blanket. We're using a sheet at the moment. Uh, and I don't tuck it. I don't tuck it. I leave it untucked. Um, the bottom part of the sheet is tucked for me. Right. The, so, like, the fitted sheet. I mean, you can't, you can't leave a fitted sheet untucked. If you do, it's just going to well, crumble. I'm talking, I'm talking about the top sheet, like the first sheet that goes over your body. That okay. bottom part is tucked, but the sides are completely untucked. What do you mean by the bottom part versus the sides? All right, so like, so like the front, your foot of the bed is tucked. Correct. I need some. I need some stability in there. Do you know what I mean? I need something there so it's not creeping up on me, and then like my feet are hanging out the bottom of the sheet. That would drive me crazy, man. How does Domino the cat react to that? Domino the cat. Well, he's a night. He's a night cat. So like, what he does is at the start of the night, he guards the hallway between the two doors, our room and the kids' room. So he guards the two doors. 
And then around like four in the morning, he decides which bedroom to go in, and then he just lays at the foot of the bed. He doesn't get under the sheet ever. Only if it's like during the winter, he will, but not when people are in the room. He'll just like go up into my bed and go under the sheets, and you don't know he's there. Like if I like say the kids are going to school and I decide to work upstairs and I go to plop on the on the bed to work, all of a sudden I might hear meow, and then he's like, and then he just scatters out because he's underneath all the sheets. What about what Ralphie? What does Ralphie the cat do? Uh, Ralph sleeps at our feet every night. Usually sleeps at my feet. Uh, usually sleeps on the untucked sheet. So, I mean, I think it works for him that it's untucked. I mean, maybe if it was tucked, it would work too. I'd probably be kicking him around though. Like, it works for flexibility to have the bottom untucked. So, uh, I don't think I could ever tuck that in. Yeah, my fear is like I, I need my feet covered. Um, there's nothing worse than waking up at like three in the morning because your feet are chilly, and then you try to, you know, maneuver the blanket or the the sheet to cover it. Um, you don't have these problems in the winter because you, you have more than a sheet. You have a sheet and a blanket. Right. Um, but during the – and I mean in the summer, it's not that big of a deal. I guess it's how much your air conditioning or your central air is going, that how cold it gets overnight. But, yeah, I like my bottom part of my sheet tucked. There it is. Joe, question from at Tommy – well, he's not at Tommy Stokey. He's Tommy Stokey, at Stokey Tommy, Tricky Tricky, our good friend. Our boss. Tommy asked <laughs> – what did you say? Our boss. Our boss, yeah, good friend and boss, mainly boss, also good friend. Tommy, since I was at jury duty yesterday, asked, if you could be on one jury from any trial, which one would you pick? All right, so I gave this one a lot of thought. Like, obviously a lot of people are going to be like, oh, the OJ trial, or oh, this one, right. or that one. Um, jury duty stinks regardless, so I'm going to pick one that is just like a traffic, like just a random one. I don't have a name to attach it to it because I wouldn't want to be on indie jury duty and have somebody's life. But that defeats the point of the question. That's no, it doesn't. It, the question is that if you could be a juror for any trial in the history of the world, which one would it be? And my answer is like a traffic violation. Jury duty is horrible, man. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to tell me about it. I, I and I also don't want. There. And, well, I'm sorry, and I don't want. I don't want people's lives, their guilt or innocence, hanging in my hands. Like I'm not. Like, how do people think 12 random peers are qualified to do such a thing is insane? My question is, what does the judge do if we're sitting there making the decision? What do you mean? Like, what does the judge do? Isn't it the judge's point to make the decision? Isn't that why they are a judge? No, no, they're there to keep the lawyers in check and make sure there's no shenanigans. I believe in some cases they can also overrule the jury. Right, yeah, that, that's what I thought too. So I thought they essentially have, you know, final say and stuff, but apparently they don't. They're not that powerful. Yeah, I think what they could do is, I'm not sure, because I'm, I only watch Law and Order, um, is if we came back with a guilty verdict, he could reduce the charge, or she, the judge, I believe so, or if you say not guilty, he could put some, there might be double jeopardy attached, he could, I don't know if he could declare a mistrial. I don't think you could. I think when it's not guilty, it's not guilty, and you can't do the double jeopardy. So yeah, I, I don't know how that works either. Me neither. I really had a I really had a hard time with this question. I obviously would not have wanted to be on the OJ trial, which is obviously the one that everybody thinks about because it was so confrontational, and I don't even know what the right word to use about how that the outcome of that worked out. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it's really difficult for me. I think I probably would have. I don't know, because here's the thing, like, you go historically and you say, I would have wanted to be on this trial, but if it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, would you have been a part of that? Like, say I wanted to be in, like, the George Zimmerman trial or something, and I would have been like, nah, this dude's guilty as hell, but he still wouldn't have, would have been not guilty. Would it have fallen on me that he was not guilty? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want those kind of pressures, man. 
Right. Yeah, Joe, I'm I'm going to cop out with you too. So the <laughs> I I don't even know. Can I talk about this? There was, so yesterday when no, I, I was actually, I don't I don't think I don't think you could actually. I'd be careful. Uh, I do think you have you signed something when you're there saying you won't talk about it. I, I think that's if, I think that's if that's you were on if you had an actual case. Did you do a case? I was interviewed to sit on a jury for a case and I was not selected. I don't think I think you could talk about it, but everything that doesn't do with the case, I think. It wasn't interesting. I was at civil court yesterday. It was for a case about uh, an accident, a car accident. And it was only supposed to last about two days. So maybe I should have just bit the bullet and got accepted for it. No, Instead, no, I was, I was no. fidgety and terrible. And I kept telling the guy, no, I'm going to be distracted. I'm indecisive. I can't make decisions. Don't pick me to do this. I won't be able to make a good decision. He seemed pretty frustrated with me, the attorney, that I was playing hardball. Well, yeah, because generally they know everybody's trying to get out of performing their jury duties. So he's probably thinking, yeah, sure, you're going to be extracted, bud. Sure. I got to tell you, mo- most people weren't, like, really trying to get out of it. A lot of the people there were kind of just like, yeah, pick me. I'm down. I love this stuff. Man. It was, oh. it was weird. Now, last time I, I, well, I, I touched on recently on the last part, and I won't go too de- in-depth, but the last time I got called with jury duty, uh, I had to disclose something, and then I was immediately dismissed and given a lifetime pass. Wow, lifetime pass. Well, that's what they said. I mean, I don't have anything in paper that says, like, lifetime pass, so I'm sure I'll be calling in and I'll have to do the same thing and bring the same paperwork with me that gets me out of it. But, uh, yeah, like, it, but the thing is, like, I was in a room with, I don't know, it was like 700, 800 people, and, like, I guess, like, in the beginning, one of the one of the ladies, I don't know what if she what her job was, she was saying one of the trials was going to probably take, like, a month or two, and I'm like, nope. Nope, that's nope. terrible. Jeez, unbelievable. Speaking of court... Charles Oakley has arrived at New York City Criminal Court for his trial. There will be updates on Twitter today, so look out for that. Yeah, did you see that video of him and Steven Jackson? Uh, I did see that and video, And Steven actually. Jackson that at is... the end is he's like, I love Oak, I'd do anything wrong. <laughs> I'm like, that's the greatest thing ever. Oak's like, why am I even here? Why do I have this job? Why am I coaching if you're not going to listen? <laughs> Amazing. That, that's the most big three I've watched since the first week. Oh, the big three. What a disaster. We're going to have to dedicate a whole show to the RIP of the big three. Yeah, and we'll just be playing the uh, sad trombone the whole time. Oh, yeah, I can't make that noise, could you? Nope. No, That's not try. a trombone. It was not a trombone hey, at all. Hey, real quick, do your best impersonation of any actor in the world. No, I'm not doing impressions anymore. I told you I'm not doing impressions. You they tend to be racist. You don't have a Jerry Lewis one? Jerry Lewis? How old are we? I don't know. You're old enough to know who Jerry Lewis is. I imagine everybody knows who Jerry Lewis is. I'm going to imagine most people. Put it on the poll. Do you know who Jerry Lewis is? Guillermo... All right, dude, what's your Jerry Lewis impression? Let's hear it. I well, no, because mine's also talk. probably still offensive. <laughs> Jerry Lewis is a white guy. We could do white on white. He's very squeaky voice. That was terrible. I, I, that, that is a good way to end the show because, God forbid, it gets worse. I'm your Could co-host. it get worse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Follow me on Twitter at jmintshoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanregsports.com. Joe, tell the good people where they could find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. You can also find me at fanbacksports.com. Shout out to Paris Horn. Overseas elites of Dynasty, baby. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. 
no one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.